You are listening to Conversations with Columbiana County, the podcast about all things Columbiana County. listening to Conversations with Columbiana County, the only podcast that provides you with information about what is happening in Columbiana County government with an emphasis on those activities that are related to economic development. I am Tad Harold, Columbiana County's Director of Economic Development, and I am joined today by, with my usual co-host, Penny Trena, the Executive Director of the Columbiana County Port Authority. Hi, Penny. Good morning, Tad. And today we have a, uh, an a very interesting guest. He's got an interesting background and a great job uh, doing good things for Columbiana County and, and especially the young people of Columbiana County. Uh, Dr. David Dees, who is the Dean of the Columbiana County Kent State University branches. That's the branch in Salem and the branch in East Liverpool, Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. And actually we don't call them branches anymore. They're called the regional campuses. Uh, and I joke with everybody, people used to say that Kent campus was the main campus. Uh, I say Salem and East Liverpool are the main campuses. Kent just has a location. <laughs> okay, so it takes away a little bit of the hierarchy. Is, oh, that, is that the idea? Absolutely, okay. absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you, Dean, for joining us. We appreciate your spending some time with us today. Well, thanks for having me. It's quite a quite a privilege to be here. Thank you, guys. Uh, Dr. Dees, uh, can you tell us how long have you been with Kent State? How long have you been involved in the Columbiana County Regional Campuses. Yeah, so I came to Ohio. I'm originally from Kentucky. I came to Ohio in 1991 uh, to get my uh, doctorate here at Kent State University. Um, And uh, along the way, uh, met a wonderful young lady from Columbiana County uh, and uh, got married and said, hey, this is a great place to live. Um, And so uh, during that time, I believe it was in 1998, was my first uh, full-time faculty position, which was actually a shared position between Salem and East Liverpool. Uh, and I worked in that position in, in education as a faculty member. And then I left for two years to go to Gannon University, uh, spent two years at Gannon and really decided to come back to Columbiana County at that point. Uh, and so Jen and I moved back in uh, 2001, somewhere in there, 2001 or 2002. And I became a faculty member at the Salem campus. Uh, And that's where I got my tenure. Uh, And a lot of my research was on faculty development and how to help faculty teach better. And so the Kent campus uh, pulled me up to the Kent campus for about five years um, to do some work in faculty development and to create the Center for Teaching and Learning, which uh, serves all university faculty in the the entire Kent State system. So I uh, was asked by the Kent campus to help create that, put that in place. Uh, and then this position opened up as dean at Salem and East Liverpool. And so it was a, a job that I always dreamed about. Uh, really was the only administrative job that I was interested in at the time. Uh, and I thought, why not? And so it allowed me to come back and work in the two campuses where I started my career. Uh, so it's, it's been great. I've been in the job now. This is starting my fourth year. Uh, I did one year's interim and then the last two years is a full appointment. So uh, it's been a great time. 
I have a question. Mm-hmm. So when you were at the main campus, did you commute from Columbiana County? Absolutely. We never moved. I've lived in okay. Columbiana County, um, let's see, uh, at least since 2000, 2001 in there. We, we've, Jen and I, we live at Guilford Lake, have two beautiful daughters that go to United Local Schools. Uh, and, you know, Columbiana County's, I, I'm, I wasn't leaving it. It's home, you know. Good. I've reached that point in my life where I've lived in Ohio longer than I lived in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ohio, I guess now. But the commute Columbia. was doable. And oh, live here and absolutely enjoy Columbiana County. Absolutely, it was it was wonderful because, as you guys know, and I think everybody listening knows, Columbiana County is a great place to raise your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we we have a great great place, and we didn't want to we didn't want to compromise that. So thank you. And specifically, you talked a little bit about your your PhD work. And your PhD work, I think, was specifically in cultural foundations and education, right? Yep. And and how that that ties into education and higher education in Appalachia. Yeah. So my research interest always was, and this actually goes back to when I started college at the at in Kentucky. Um, I went. I was from a rural area in Kentucky and um, went to a small college at first, and then transferred to the University of Kentucky. And really struggled. Uh, it wasn't that I wasn't smart. I, I was a pretty smart kid, but I really struggled with adjusting to college life. Um, it was, it, you know, the, the transition, I think, from high school to college is tough enough. But also when you don't have like a social network or, or, or network that you can run ideas by, um, some of the things that happen in a university setting don't make sense. Right. If I come from high school, especially from a rural area. So I was struggling and I knew early on, I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. Uh, There's got to be a better way to help students be ready for the college experience, to help students be ready for the pace of college, how to network with people who are different than you, all those kinds of things that we now know uh, leads leads to difficulty for students. So that that interest I had started back then. Um, I got my undergrad degree in communications with a kind of focus in biology. Uh, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Was working at a radio station for a few years. Uh, went back to school, got my master's in theater, oddly enough. Uh, and then really fell in love with the university college life. Um, I started teaching. I had been teaching at the University of Kentucky as a graduate student. I started teaching and coaching football and directing theater at a small college in Kentucky. And again, saw students like me, really, really smart students that would come to college and struggle. And I kept saying to myself, there's got to be a way that we could do this differently. So when I actually came to Columbiana County and started teaching here, um, I started seeing students just like me, very bright, very smart, but were really having difficulty adjusting to college life. And so that became my passion. It was to understand how can universities set up an environment to help students make that cultural transition. And in particular, what I looked at was rural Appalachian students. How can we create environments for those students to find success as they as they leave their house, as they leave home, as they leave their their you know their their network? How can we create an environment to help them find success? So I started researching that, and that's always been a passion of mine, which has led to some of the things we do. I was going to say, so that sounds like the kernel to the Rural Scholars Program, which we won't delve delve into exactly right now because that gets a little deeper, but am I right? That's That's exactly where it started. Um, It's exactly where it started. Um, uh, I was doing some research on that, uh, and actually were studying students as they adjusted to college life. 
Uh, I had a graduate student that was looking for a research project. Uh, and so she and I worked together on studying uh, college access programs across the United States that specifically dealt with students that were coming from different kinds of environments, be it urban environments, rural environments, uh, you know, different kinds of roles that they played. And so we studied best practices and she, she did most of the legwork. Interestingly enough, uh, her name is Sarah Motts. She's now our assistant director of enrollment management at Salem. So she stayed within the system and has actually been a critical part of implementing a lot of this stuff. But the idea was built from, you know, how do other places do it? How do other places help students adjust? And so we kind of put together the best practices and start the Rural Scholars mm-hmm. Program, which and I guess we'll talk it, about And then tweaked bit. it for the special needs of Columbia County. Absolutely, great. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. That uh, It sounds like you were t- the custom fit for Columbiana <laughs> County. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Um, when I first moved here, I will never forget a phone conversation with my father. Um, I called him and I said, Dad, I said, I know I'm in Ohio, but this feels just like home. Uh, where I came from was on the Ohio River. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're still in the Ohio River. Uh, this part of Ohio has the rolling hills that look just like the rolling hills of Kentucky. And uh, I told my dad, I said, man, it's just, it feels like home. And now, it, it you know, I, I, in some ways I feel like I've never left. It's always felt like home. So it's, it was I think the fit. most unique thing is, is that your connectivity to your past experience and now you're instituting that in the kids here in Columbiana County and recognize that challenge that they have. Yeah. And and you understand it deep in your heart because you were there. I walked it. You know, I I walked the path that a lot of these students walk. And what I love about our faculty, this is, this is kind of one of those unknown secrets in Columbiana County. A lot of our faculty have a similar story that they were first in their family to go to college. Many of them come from, you know, different kinds of backgrounds and that they're passionate about students like ours. Um, And that's something that's really been fascinating to me. When I first came here, there was a lot of PhD faculty that had a similar journey that I had. And it's it's almost as if they chose to work here because it kind of resonated to their passion for helping students with those similar life stories succeed. So a lot of our faculty really appreciate the journey of our students because many of them had a similar journey, so. Well, that's really interesting. Two degrees from the University of Kentucky, Mm -hmm. your bachelor and your master's. Your bachelor uh, was in uh, communications, Mm -hmm. and then you have a master's degree in theater. Mm -hmm. And as you warned us before we started uh, recording this, you spent some time as a uh, DJ. Yes, I did. And you were one take D's. Is that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I pride myself on you know uh, using my theater experience to be able to do it right the first time. Okay. And so you did a little work there in DJing. You did some football coaching, mm-hmm. and you worked in theater for a little bit. And then you go back and get your PhD at Kent State. Yes, and that's where you specialized in this um, absolutely education. Yeah. Um, I guess let's move right in then to the Salem and East Liverpool regional campuses. Mm-hmm. Have I got that you right? Got All it. right, you got I'm, it. I'm usually right. a pretty I'm slow learner, but I've, I've <laughs> let it go. Uh, how many degrees can you get? Oh, see, th- this is the exciting thing that, that again, I, I appreciate you guys allowing me to, you know, I'm trying everywhere to get this out because it's, it's been in place for a long time. People don't know that you can get 
13 complete bachelor's degrees, complete bachelor's degrees, never have to leave Columbiana County right here. And they are Kent State degrees. So it's not that it's a Kent State Salem degree. Well, you know, I, let me start by this. When I uh, first came to Ohio, um, I know that the image of Kent State, the old joke was, what was it? Can't read, can't write, can't Kent State, right? Boy, those days are gone. Kent State now is one of the top research universities in the United States. We're in the top 100 in the United States, where we always compete as the second or third largest university in Ohio. We have changed our game in the last 30 years, but particularly in the last 15 years, really raised the bar of who we are as a university. And the same thing, that same kind of positive change has happened on the regional campuses that when the regional campuses first started, the idea was you went there for a couple years and then you went to the Kent campus and finished, right? That we were the starter institution. Well, when we started looking at data probably 15 years ago now, maybe even a little bit longer than that, almost 20 years ago, we realized that um, students that started at Kent State, Columbiana County, if they didn't finish here, they didn't finish. They weren't going to YSU to finish. They weren't going to Kent to finish. They weren't going to Ohio. They just weren't finishing. They were dropping out. And so the university said, wait, how could we solve that? So one of the things we started doing was implementing and thinking about what would be smart bachelor's degrees that could benefit the people of Columbiana County. Let me ask you a question. At that point, how many four-year bachelor's degrees could you get by just staying in Columbiana County? Could you get... They Any, were, or they, were they all designed to transfer to? There were, at, probably at the beginning, there was one or two. Okay. Um, we've always had at the Salem campus a state-of-the-art radiology program. Uh, we were the first of its kind in this area and still one of the first of its kind in its area and still one of the few that offer a complete four-year degree in radiology in the different different area concentrations in radiology. And was the issue the travel time? They just weren't going to travel to Kent State? Was it funding? You know, you know what? Did, did, could you pinpoint that? A, a li- no, we okay. couldn't pinpoint that. Okay. And even to this day, I can't pinpoint it. Okay. That's one of the things we've been doing since I've been dean is really, really running data like crazy, trying to get a better understanding of who our students are, what our county needs, how can we increase graduation rates and things like that. And we still can't pinpoint because um, it, it is still true today. If a student starts at Salem and East Liverpool and leaves, they usually don't finish, even today. So there's something about the nature of that, that process. And I think a lot of it is many of our students are place-bound, that they're limited in finances, they're limited in opportunity. So part of it's that. A lot of it is just life circumstance, uh, where a family member gets sick, um, or, or things like that get in the way of, of finishing. And so many of them Many of them just stop out and don't come back. So as a full regional institution, and you look at that, you see it's a problem, and you think, well, how do we solve this? And so it sounds like you started thinking, well, how, what strategic four-year degrees can we offer entirely within these regional campuses? And that's what we started doing. We started thinking about what makes sense for this area. We started thinking about what makes sense financially for our students. Um, you know, trying, I'll give you a prime example. You know, we were smart. We didn't do an engineering degree. Why would we want to compete with YSU's engineering? That doesn't make sense, right? So we thought, what are the needs of Columbiana County? And so what we've done strategically is every time we've added a degree, we've thought about 
How's it going to benefit the folks of Columbiana County? And how does it keep us out of competing with our cohorts? Right. Because it, that doesn't serve anyone. You know, I always say to the faculty and staff, remember, at the end of the day, we are funded by the taxpayers of Ohio. And that's kind of we have to do our due diligence to be efficient, to make sure that we're doing things the right way and making decisions with that in mind. I mean, you know, the taxpayers are our customers. Right. And so we're really serious about thinking about that. And, and we've been very thoughtful as we built those bachelor's degrees. So you can do 13 complete bachelor's degrees on our campuses. You can do 14 associate degrees without even leaving Columbiana County, let alone there are some other degrees that are online through the Kent system that you can do. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you name some of those 13 bachelors and 14 associates? Oh, you've brought, yes, you've brought, brought a cheat sheet. I brought a cheat sheet. No, <laughs> no. And, you know, um, yeah, I always bring a cheat sheet because I always forget something. But there's some that I really want to highlight okay. because I think that they show the expertise of our area. You know, the radiology program uh, from its inception has been huge for this area. It's a two-year degree. And for those that want to do the four-year concentration, they have that option. And that's a pretty competitive program is my understanding, Absolutely right? Absolutely competitive program. Um, that They only, to the two-year program, only admit 19 students a year. And, and that's because of so much of the success of the program is that these students have really complex hands-on experiences in hospitals. Well, hospitals can only hold so many students. Same thing with our bachelor in nursing program at Salem. It is extremely competitive. But all of those students are extremely successful. You know, we're talking 99% passage rate first time on their, on their comprehensive exams, their accreditation exams. All of them are getting employment, 100% employment. It's just phenomenal. Same thing now is happening at East Liverpool. At East Liverpool, we have the ADN nursing degree, which is a, a two-year nursing degree that now I'm proud to say in the last couple of years, we've had 100% passage rate on the exam. Um, these, these students are just doing a great job. So um, the, the four-year degrees that we really are proud, that I'm proud of all the four-year degrees, let's be honest, but there's some that really we're hitting a niche. Um, we have what's called uh, the insurance studies degree, which is a, I tell you, man, if I had to do it over again. This is a growing, this is a oh, new, fairly new degree within yeah, your program. Uh -huh. Yeah, if I had to do it over again, I think I would have got a degree. Actuarial science. Well, it's, it's not even that. No? It, what I've learned about the insurance industry is I used to think that it was actuaries and salespeople. Well, that's not the insurance industry anymore. It is all sorts of things from helping people choose homes, helping businesses think smartly about efficient, efficient, efficient investments and things. Um, the world has totally changed in the insurance industry. And in Ohio, it's, it's ridiculous. They are expecting it's somewhere around 30,000 people are going to be stepping out of that industry in the next five years in Ohio. It is going to be a huge career gap wow. that uh, we're going to be asked to fill. So that's an exciting degree that we have. So I, I, here's why I think of actuarial sciences when I think of, of insurance, because I remember in high school, I had a, a math teacher who would bring in newspaper clippings. Actuarial sciences, that's the number one major you want because it's going to be highly competitive. Of course, that's a very math-based. Yep. If I were in, if I thought I were interested in that program, and I thought it was okay at math, but I didn't want to devote my life to crunching numbers, mm -hmm. is that a program I should still be interested in? Absolutely. Insurance studies makes more sense. There's a separate degree that is actuarial science, which is in the mathematics department. 
And that prepares, that's a totally different life path and career path. Insurance studies prepares you more for the broad insurance industry. And what I'm finding is a lot of these large insurance companies want people coming in with that degree and then they do workforce development locally on this is the skill we want you to have with our company. Um, so our, our students are having great success in that. And that's a complete online program too. Um, and is, do you have a lot of attendance in that? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's growing. I want to say we started with around 25 majors. I think we're up to around 60 some majors now in that. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a growing, growing area. We've always had a dynamic early childhood uh, four-year program. Uh, we've always had, you know, uh, the applied horticulture program. Uh, we're one of the, we're the only ones in, in the Kent system that offer the four-year degree in horticulture. Um, and so, um, you know, and then at East Liverpool, we have, of course, our ADM program. Our occupational therapy program is exciting and, and cutting edge. Our physical therapy program in, in East Liverpool, those are two-year degrees. But again, they're they're very dynamic and exciting programs. And again, it's, that's the one thing I don't know. You know, we've been doing this four-year and two-year degrees now for, you know, 19, 20 years. But I still run into people in Columbia County that don't know that. They're like, wow, you can get a four-year degree? Uh, yes. Up until a year ago, ago, roughly a year ago, if you would have asked me how many four-year degrees can you get within Columbiana County, I would have guessed maybe four. Yeah. Two to four. Yep. I knew of the radiology, yep. and I might have just guessed a couple more. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. have known. Yeah. A follow-up question, though, for those four-year programs or even for the two-year programs, when, when you say that you can get them entirely uh, – here in Columbia County. Now, some of those programs, am I right or am I wrong, that sometimes you have to travel between Salem and East Liverpool for some of those programs, or are they entirely self-contained at one location? That's a other? great, great question. What we've done is we've been extremely deliberate, particularly in the last three years as a university, in that we're using technology wisely. So every regional campus now has implemented a, what we're calling a Zoom room. Zoom is a kind of sophisticated online um, video conferencing, but we have tooled these rooms that are very user-friendly for our faculty. And not only are we leveraging between Salem and East Liverpool, we're now leveraging the entire regional campus system so that our students can go to the Salem campus and take a class that might be taught by a professor at the start campus with that expertise, but it's a very engaging classroom environment. It's, it's, it feels live, as live as video conferencing can. Yeah. Um, and, and I can say that um, when we partnered with Kent State University and they did our project, Tad and I had the, um, uh, we were introduced to that at the Salem campus mm -hmm. and they video conferenced in the Geauga students and the East Liverpool students. So it was phenomenal. And that was the first time I think that I had ever been or experienced anything like that. Yeah. So we actually took part in that. And I would absolutely agree. The last statement you made, which is it's, 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 as live as as oh. live can be yeah it is there's no lag the video screens are all there and very uh, very convenient mm -hmm. you can do presentations and also have the video screen with everybody it, it's really well done it's been a game changer for us and and i'm excited in that all the regional campus deans now we're starting to work as one unit and thinking okay let's be strategic in our hiring let's hire and let's say we're not all going to hire an economist let me hire an economist. You hire a finance special person. We'll let Ashtabula hire a management person. Between the three of us now, we're all for a degree. 
And so again, it's making us more efficient as a system. And to the taxpayers of Ohio, we're not duplicating, we're not competing with each other. We are truly working as a system and it's gonna allow us to start offering more degrees. My goal is in a year from now, if you interview me again, we're gonna have one or two more degrees that we've, we've added. And part of the reason we'll be able to add them is through Zoom. Um, and it's, you know, again, um, it's one of the things that started um, a couple of deans ago about really being efficient um, and again, like I said, it's, it's part of the taxpayer, our, our responsibility to taxpayers. You know, I'm one dean at two campuses. I have uh, one facilities manager. I have one director enrollment management. We are continually finding ways to be more efficient and use technology in a smart way so that we're, we're able to offer our tuition at the low rate. I get people all the time that say to me, wait, how do you, why is your tuition, you know, our tuition is you can do a four-year degree for just around six thousand dollars a year um that's that's you know people say how do you do that well we're doing it because we're efficient we're efficient with our personnel we're efficient now with our technology and course offerings um, now we don't have residence halls and so a lot of the, that kind of cost but we now have food service for the first time in the history of kent state both regional both kent state salem and east liverpool have food service so that makes it better for our students and that student experience. And you'll probably get into this a little bit at the very end, but I will say that when we visited the uh, Kent State Salem uh, campus, that when you walk through that that building, it does have a very collegial collegiate yes. atmosphere. Yep. With the with the bookstore and the yep. food services mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. Which so, has changed over the course of the last. Absolutely. I would say ten years. Ten years for sure, mm-hmm. and in the last three years, it's been exciting. We've we have. We've been able to reinvest uh, some of our carryover funds uh, upwards of around $5 million that we've invested into the physical spaces of both campuses, about $2.5 million on each campus. But it's all driven to improve the student experience. I mean, every dollar that we put in there has been to really make the student experience better. One of the things that I was adamant when I became dean was we need to look like a university. We are a major university. We, need it. we now need to start looking like it. Our physical spaces need to look like it. We already had faculty that, that were doing major research and things like that, but we needed to, to get our spaces upgraded so that they were kind of state-of-the-art spaces. Yeah, we're it's getting worked. there. We're getting there. So. And, and so you offer a, a very competitively priced degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have the residence halls. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that cost. You don't. Right. If that's if that's something you absolutely desire as a student, then that's probably not. Yeah, we're not the know. choice for you. I, I say to students, you know, if you if you want that dorm life experience, which many people do, I I'm going to guess that my daughters are going to want that. Then we're not the choice. You know, it's it's still smart though because you can um, do a year or two at our campuses and then transfer to the Kent campus and get that college experience and not take on that huge debt. Um, the other interesting thing that we have started, we led the way originally in Ohio on this, and now we're still really all into the game, which is the College Credit Plus, which is providing high school students that qualify for college experience real college classes. Uh, some of them come to our campus and, and take the classes. Some of them have teachers in their local schools that do it. We are testing something this year for the first time in two weeks. We will actually be offering a College Credit Plus class through Zoom to Crestview. So our faculty member will be at the Salem campus and will be broadcasting to the Crestview Media Center. 
Uh, so we're going to, again, trying to find other ways to give high school kids this college option. And that in itself is a great kind of doorway into college for high school students and can be a cost saver for them. Because uh, I've heard of students who have done a, a large portion of their college work before they even graduate high school. Yeah, how about this? So we know at Kent State, at the Kent campus, students on average are uh, 50-some percent of the students that go to the Kent campus on average have some college experience, and most of them are bringing in 16-plus hours of college credit. On our regional campuses, our first-time freshmen at Salem and East Liverpool typically are bringing in 10 to 12 hours of college credit by the time they start with us. Would you say that that's increased the participation over the course of the last 10 years? I know this program has been implemented for many years. Absolutely. But I think the marketing piece and getting that to the to the students. So have you seen an increase in participation? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, on our two campuses, around 25% of our enrollment now is College Credit Plus. Okay. Um, so it's a huge, it's a huge piece of, of what we're doing. And there's good news and bad news to that. You know, I'm excited because it allows students to try college in a safe environment, right? Which, which will eat, which will add to persistence and graduation rates. They get the college experience while they're in a safer environment at home. They learn time management and all of that so that when they go away or when they jump into our classes full time, they kind of know what to expect. The bad news is the funding model is very tough on our local schools. And so that's something I hope down the road, if Ohio keeps doing this, we've got to solve that problem because it's really difficult for local schools. They really take a hit financially. And Ohio is one of the only states that funds it that way. There's other states that fund it differently, so it's not as much pressure on the local schools. We're sensitive to that. You know, I I talk to these superintendents and I know it's tough on them. Uh, We actually lose money on College Credit Plus as well, um, but it helps the citizens of Ohio. So we got to figure out a better way to do it. Um, and I know that uh, a lot of our state reps are kind of aware of this and they're trying to figure out in moving forward what we need to do because it, it's tough on everybody. But it's great for the kids. Sure. Another way that you get students kind of in the door and started in, the, in, in a college curriculum in a way, especially for those students who probably need a little extra assistance is is through this rural scholars program is that right now that so that that is also a collaboration with local schools but a different way i think you reach all the way down to junior high for yes we do yes we do so that that started as we we talked earlier that started as part of the research project that i was passionate about um and so what we did in the beginning is we went to all the superintendents and presented this idea of this this kind of, I don't want to call it college access because it's not about getting the students to college. It's about getting the kids ready for whatever is next in their life. If the next step in their life after high school is college, great, we want you ready for that. If it's the workforce, great, we want you ready for that. If it's the military, we don't care what it is. We want these kids to be ready. So what what we do is we have targeted with uh Uh, most of our, almost all of the area schools in Columbiana County, uh, we target sixth graders that are going to be the first in their family that would go to college, right? Um, That are showing promise, that are showing this kind of um, grit or this kind of uh, uh, personality to them that we know if they're connected in the right way early, they can blossom. And so schools identify who those kids are 
And then what we do is we hook them up with college age mentors that have a similar life story, that have gone through the same struggle that these kids have gone through. Those mentors meet with the kids once a week, if not maybe once every two weeks. It's a one-on-one, just a check-in. Sometimes it's tutoring, sometimes it's cheerleading, sometimes it's advice. Uh, we, we offer that to the kids. Uh, we also have educational experiences a couple of times during the year, one-day kind of experiences where we'll pick them up at their school, we'll take them to a museum, or we'll take them to uh, a local business so they learn how the business operates. And then in the summer, we have week-long intensive programs with them. For example, all of our seventh graders spend a week at Beaver Creek. They collect water samples. They learn about the Beaver Creek watershed. They, they go to the campus and test the water and learn how the, the pollution impacts water, et cetera. So very kind of engaging, hands-on academic experiences, but it's tied to Columbiana County and all the options in Columbiana County. If kids stay in that program, we've set up a financial model to close the gap so that they can go to school for free at Kent State, East Liverpool, or Salem. That we're going to let them go to our university for free. And they're going to pay us back by being the next generation of mentors. So then we hire them as mentors and they mentor back. So it's kind of a pay it forward model. Uh, We have had tremendous, tremendous success with this, with this program so far. And how long has the program been implemented? Our, uh, we've now been in place for eight years. Our first group, our first, very first group is going into their second year in college. Um, and so it's, it's been exciting. You know, we have some attending Ohio state, some attending YSU, some attending Kent state, uh, some are in vocational ed. Um, everybody's chosen a kind of right path for them. Um, How many are in it per year? And I imagine it probably was smaller and is getting larger. Yeah, we started with four schools and then we added a school and added a school. We're now at complete enrollment. We have 121 kids in the total program from sixth grade to to 12th grade uh, with uh, 22 college mentors that are mentoring those kids. So we try to keep it a one to five, one to six mentor relationship. Um, And I, I guess what I'm so proud of that program there's, there's two things I'm very proud of. First of all, because our program is so successful now, the former president at Kent State said, why aren't we doing this across the whole system? So now every regional campus in the Kent State system is all starting their own, what we're calling Rising Scholars Program. Um, so every campus in the system is starting it. We set a goal to raise around $30 million to do this program across the entire university system. Um, it's been a it's been a great success, but what I loved about it was how we started it. We spent the first year, and her name was Wendy Fringer. Uh, we brought in AmeriCorps Vista volunteer whose name was Wendy Fringer. We brought her in to help us get the program off the ground, and then she became our first kind of director of the program. Uh, because of the success of our program, the University of Mississippi stole Wendy from us to do the same thing in Mississippi. So uh, I always say it's a good sign of the program when people come and steal your people. Right? Um, but Wendy helped us. And what we did is we spent the, a first year talking to business leaders and, and uh, political leaders in Columbia County and said, what can we do? What can we do as a major university to help move this county in a good direction? What's the need you have? What, what can we do? And how can we leverage our resources? 
And so we had these great community partners early on. We're business leaders, political leaders that said, here's what we need to do. And, and we worked together to develop outcomes for the program. And we did all that before we even started it. So we had this great community voice. And really, the number one thing that people said was, hey, we want these kids to know Columbiana County has some great resources. You know, the image was, I can't wait to get out of this county. Well, all these business leaders were like, wait a minute, you know how many good jobs there are here? How many great opportunities are here? And people didn't didn't know about them. So we wanted these kids to learn the resources they have locally and, and see that there's a lot of people locally that support them, businesses locally that support them, um, that really want them to be this great thing. We tell our kids, look, if going away to Ohio State is right for you, go away to Ohio State. But no, when you when you want to start your business, boy, this is a great place to do it. Come back. Have that sense of place. And it is, at its base, all about teaching these young students what their opportunities truly are, right? That's it. It's not necessarily trying to funnel them into a Kent mm-hmm. State track. No. If that works, great. And, and you have a great initiative for them there. If yeah. that does work out. But it, it sounds like it it um, addresses a lot of the issues that Penny and I see all the time, which is, well, and and I personally, growing up, you know, would have uh, really appreciated something like this as a student, but then also from our professional side to uh, help keep people in Columbiana County, to let them know that college education is not always the, you know, Mm -hmm. the required means for a good lifestyle, and there are plenty of other opportunities in Columbiana County. That sounds like a really, and, and it's starting to bear fruit. Oh, it's starting to bear fruit. And, and I, you know, I always, um, one of my favorite conversations when we first started the idea, um, Todd Olson at BOC in Salem, I had a conversation with him and Todd probably won't remember this, but Todd said, David, I don't think you're the per- I'm the person you want to talk to. He goes, I don't think everybody should go to college. And I said, Todd, neither do I. And I said, that's exactly why we want you on this advisory board, because you know, what we wanted to do was to find the right path for the right kid, you know, and that's what this has all been about. Um, and that, that's kind of my passion is, look, if you look at counties like us across the state, around 24 to 25 percent of the people have a college degree. Columbiana County, that number is about 13.5 percent. I want to move that bar. I want to move that bar so that we're at the 23, 24 percent. But I don't think it's appropriate that 75% of the people in the county, that's not, you know what I mean? Sure. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push both, both voices at the same time. For those that want a college degree, we have the place for you and the right degree for you. For those that don't, let us help you find the right path. Because at the end of the day, we want what's best for Columbia County. And the more people we have that see this as this great option, it just is better for everybody. And that's, that's been the goal of this program. And I think that the choice, and I think a lot of students kind of get stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, as you stated earlier, they just kind of get stuck. College isn't for them, but what is? Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that you're marketing that there is a choice. Yep. And obviously, the, you know, the only constant in life is change. Yep. And they can change your mind down the road, but at least they have major choices. So um, we, uh, you know, we commend your efforts. Definitely. Oh, I, I tell people, you know, other than my children, it's probably the most important thing I've done with my life. Uh, because, you know, we, we just, we've got so many great stories, so many powerful stories of, you know, when you get a kid that finds the right purpose, let's say a kid in college is the right person, purpose, it doesn't just change that kid. 
happens. It changes a family. It changes the generation of that family, just in earning potential and job opportunities. We've seen in some of these kids that their guardians, their parents start acting differently because they're watching their kid engage and they're learning from their kid. Hey, wait a minute. I can, I can do self-improvement too. And um, so there's just been some great, it, it's been a great story so far. And just in case some, somebody's listening is interested in this, it sounds like these students are kind of selected at the local school district level. Yes, level. they are. They're selected at the local school district level. And um, one thing though, if people are interested in helping, and, and this is a promise that I made from the beginning, as you know, as a state institution, our budget goes up and down, up and down, up and down based on where the state is. And I didn't want to make a promise to these kids that, you know, if you stay in this program and you show up at our door six years from now, I didn't want to have to say, well, I don't have the money for you, right? Um, so we set a goal to be as privately funded as we could by the time the first group out here. We now have raised over $1.2 million of local donations, of local people giving $500, local businesses giving us $5,000. People that have believed in what we've been doing have really stepped up. Um, so at this point, around 80% or 80, it's almost 90% of our funding comes from donors, comes from people who believe in these kids, uh, who have met these kids, who have worked with these kids. Um, we are always looking for, of course, donations, but we're also looking for businesses. Uh, places, experiences to take these kids to, that they can see other things that happen in Columbiana County. Um, and so, you know, it's, I, I've been very proud of that because, look, Columbiana County doesn't have a lot of millionaires just sitting around, you know. Um, and so it's it's really been people that have uh, given from their heart. They believe in these kids in this program. And if somebody's interested in either a donation or arranging an experience, I guess we'll call it, do they contact you directly? or They can contact me or the Rural Scholars has its own place on our website, on the Columbiana County website. They can locate. Donnie Larrabee now is our interim director of the program. Uh, so either me or, or, or Donnie could, could have a good conversation with you. Okay. So Good. Uh, we've talked a lot about new and invigorating things at the campuses. Uh, are there is there some things that we've missed? Oh, yeah. So, like as I said before, we've spent around about two and a half million at each campus. Of it's all been infrastructure. Um, you know, our our we at Kent State we we say that our our attitude is students first, and we really mean that. I know it sounds cliche, but we really mean it. When we have carryover money, we are investing in our students first. So we put in thanks to the Salem Community Foundation. Uh, we put in the very first uh, virtual reality learning lab on any university campus. It happened right here at Salem. Uh, and that's allowed our students to really learn differently, uh, to engage in a lecture environment, and then go in and experience it in virtual reality. Um, so we've copied that at East Liverpool. East Liverpool now has its own virtual reality lab. Uh, we have a food pantry, a very a brand new food pantry opened in East Liverpool. Interestingly enough, many people don't know this, uh, food shortage and food scarcity is one of the number one problems with higher ed today. A lot of our students, not just on the Kent State campuses, I'm talking this is a national phenomenon. Because of the cost of education, a lot of students are choosing to pay tuition and books rather than eat. Uh, and so we opened a food pantry for our students at East Liverpool. We're opening one at Salem to help our students, support our students and give them some kind of last dollar needs, everything from canned food to diapers, uh, things like that. So we, we've got that in place. Uh, we, 
redid what we call the Learning Commons at Salem, uh, which is our our new library, I guess is how we would define it, a, a more open learning space for our students. We're starting to model that in East Liverpool. We're going to create a kind of Learning Commons in East Liverpool. East Liverpool will be announcing here a uh, in the next month or so an escape room. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about escape rooms, but it's the new fad in America. And uh, so I, I challenged the staff uh, and, and faculty about we need to do more to engage the community, that, that the campuses have become too isolated. Uh, so we started doing things like college in a day, where we'll bring fifth and sixth graders to our campuses. Our faculty set up these 15, 20 minute little classrooms so students can kind of experience college in a day. We now have both the Rotary at East Liverpool and the Rotary at Salem come to our campuses and do career day. So students are on campus, not just seeing what we have, seeing what the whole county has. Um, and so the staff and faculty came up with this idea of the escape room where they actually, they did a brilliant job. They created two rooms. I'm not allowed to talk about it because I can't give anything away, um, but we'll be, we'll be rolling that out in the fall. Any idea is to bring high schools together to compete to see who can escape out of the room, to offer it to local businesses for team building. Um, so well, that's great. Yeah, Actually, we, we were scheduled as a team building exercise for, for uh, the port and the Office of Economic Development to attend. We had a little medical emergency come up that we had to postpone it, but we were we were set for that exact reason. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about that. We actually learned from it when we came to your advisory yeah. meeting, yeah. and that's how right. we put it on our team building schedule. So yeah. we hope to schedule here pretty soon. So we're excited. You know, we're, we're just... We're always uh, trying to improve that student experience. And, you know, the food service was critical. I mean, it was absolutely critical. Our students, um, many of our students, because they work part-time jobs and are parents and things like that, they, they don't have the, they, they schedule their classes all on top of one another so that they limit their time back and forth. And so we would have students would be on campus all day with nothing to eat, maybe vending. That just wasn't acceptable. And, uh, thanks to our former president, uh, she believed that Kent, she, she wanted Kent State to become one of the healthiest universities in the United States. And she knew for that to happen, we had to have quality food service options on every campus. And so we now, for the first time in the history of those two campuses, have that. And that's, that sounds like a small thing, but it's, it's really a huge thing for our students to have that option. So is it a cafeteria setting or? Um, at the East Liverpool campus, it's more uh, a more grab-and-go kind of thing with fresh salads, fresh sandwiches. Usually, uh, there's always a soup of the day. Uh, at the Salem campus, it's a little more cafe style where they will make paninis, uh, flatbreads, and things like that, as well as the grab-and-go kind of options. But it's all mostly healthy options. Um, again, part of that larger, larger vision. And that's what I've noticed at Salem is that it is a very social area. Mm-hmm. It's just like any other college campus where people would, would gather, you know, and, and eat. And, and and what we're doing is we're really focused on how. So historically, we're battling a long history. Historically, we were, our average age was around 27, which meant that we had a lot of non-traditional adult learners coming back to school. Our average age now is around 22 to 23. We're much younger than we were before for all sorts of reasons, for financial reasons, for uh, degree offering reasons, for all sorts of reasons we're different. Um, and so we're trying to find that that beautiful mesh between serving the adult learner and then serving the more traditional age college student that we now have 
more of than ever before. So we added eSports, which is a competitive uh, eSports program that we have on the Salem campus. We are investigating actually going back to what the campuses used to have, which is sports. Uh, I have a meeting next week with the Ohio Regional Campus Athletic Association uh, to see about what we would need, what sports we would need to get off the ground. So, so I got a couple of questions there. Esports, yes. Uh, video game sports, yes. So, are you? Uh, do you have a team com- that competes against yes. other colleges at that? Yes, is absolutely. That right? Okay. Absolutely. Is there a facility on campus where they do that? Absolutely. What we did is we retooled. Uh, we've been purposefully retooling every classroom. Uh, we do one or two a year, and it's a financial, you know, one or two a year, uh, where we put in. Uh, kind of state-of-the-art teaching and learning environment where I have a group of faculty that get together and say, create from your, your dream classroom. And so, of course, the dream classroom has TVs and, you know, interactive spaces and things like that. And so as we retooled one of those rooms, we added some uh, cutting-edge computers in there to do gaming, to do sports. It's, uh, we're just getting off the ground. We set aside, actually, we have some scholarship dollars set aside for students to participate. And, and I'm, I'm asking not because, I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand it myself, um, but I know it's a it's a, there's there's entire apps like the Twitch app oh. where people follow other players. One of the people who work in this office, a young guy who just graduated college, or actually is just yes, he's just graduated college. He has a YouTube channel oh. where he plays online and has people follow him. So it's a uh, billion dollar yeah. industry, and universities now are finally. Uh, not finally. It started about three or four years ago. Uh, I want to say one of the California schools actually built a stadium for wow. their esports team. Um, Kent was one of the first ones wow. to get in the game. Uh, and actually, it looks like the MAC conference will have its own esports yeah. league. Uh, and so we, we're right in the front edge of that. So, But I would also say that I, I, I learned of your thought of bringing back traditional sports Uh to the regional campuses, and I, I think that'd be a great idea. I know that uh, Penn State Chenango recently brought back their athletic department with a uh, men's basketball team and a women's volleyball team. Yep. And I think it's been a I've been uh, I've been to quite a few of the men's basketball games there, and I just think it's a great thing to build a community. It's the next logical step for us. You know, we have for three years sponsored the Columbia County Classic Basketball Game, which is when Salem and East Liverpool play. We, we have a great time with that. This year, we're sponsoring the East Liverpool Women's Salem and East Liverpool Volleyball Game. It's going to be a women's classic tournament. It's going to be in Salem this year. It's October 7th or 9th, somewhere in there. Um, so we're, we... we We've been trying to say, hey, you know, we, we celebrate young athletes. Uh, we want them to see us as an option. I had two student committees at both campuses bring this up and say, hey, we think it would be a great retention thing. We think yes, it would right. be a great um, engagement thing for the community. We're going to start small. You know, we're not going to go crazy. You know, we'll probably do men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball. You know, you, you think about Columbia County, you know, women's volleyball is just top notch and uh, men's and women's basketball is exciting too. So we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to be smart about it. You know, we're not going to roll out 50 sports at once, um, but we're actually going to try to set it as a goal this year to see what we can get off the ground for next year. I, I also, before we get off the, the podcast, I also want to thank you and uh, professor uh, Tim McFadden mm-hmm. 
because we did do uh, a project with his class that, that helped us with some marketing ideas for Columbiana County's Economic Development Wing. And uh, he was a pleasure to work with. Uh, as Penny mentioned, we, we worked with students in Salem, East Liverpool, Geauga uh, campuses, and it was a really positive experience for us. It was a very positive experience. And on another note, uh, we just would like to thank you for the partnership and the collaboration um, as economic developers and in government reaching out to Kent State. It's just been a pleasure to work with you. And I think that as far as our marketing efforts, we're, we're like you in the marketing, trying to market what mm-hmm. we do here at the Port Authority and the Economic Development Department. But our partnership with Kent State has been phenomenal. So yeah. thank you. We appreciate that. Oh, we, you know, we've been doing nothing but trying to build those partnerships, you know, with, with you guys. We have a partnership now with Eastern Gateway. We have a partnership with Hannah Mullins. We have a partnership with Newcastle School of Trades. We've been, I guess since I've been dean, I've been trying to say to everybody, you know, let's leverage the power of Columbiana County. Let's get, you know, so many great things here that are in isolation. How can we get them together? And I want to say to anybody out there listening, if you haven't been to our campuses ever or at least in the last five to ten years, Call me, email me. I'd love to give you a tour because I think you would be blown away. Um, I had a, a person that's a, a business leader was on campus uh, last week, and he was stunned. He said, I cannot get over your facilities. He said, you have nicer facilities than some of the area universities. And I said, well, we are an area university now. And, you know, so that I guess I, I've been trying to tell everybody is that, you know, we aren't the Salem and East Liverpool that your mom and dad knew. Uh, we are totally now different. We're a, we're a research institution. We are part of that big Kent State umbrella, and we're very powerful. I got one more thing I had to brag about to tell you how we've changed. Um, so every year across the country, uh, the Barry Goldwater Scholarship is given to young undergraduates that are showing promise in the sciences. Kent State has never had a Barry Goldwater Scholarship winner until last year. Last year, Haley Shastain won the Barry Goldwater Scholarship Award, was from the Salem campus, participated in our undergraduate research program as a psychology major on our campus, is taking some classes at Kent as well. But she was the first Kent State Barry Goldwater Scholarship winner. And she was from our local institution, was a rural scholars mentor. Wow. So Um, it's working. It's just, and, and, and I joke with people, I said, you know, Kent State had a Barry Goldwater Scholar winner, and Harvard had one. So now Salem and East Liverpool are the Harvard of Columbia <laughs> County. Yeah. That's I great. Like but that's an example yeah. of the kind of high-level work that we're doing now. That, that and it people, came full circle. Yeah, that people that's don't awesome. know. Yeah, so. That's wonderful. Thanks for telling our story. Well, thank you for being here to tell it. Thank you, Dean, thank you. Uh, Dean Dees. Well, and we will check in with you again soon. Very good. If hopefully, if you'll make yourself available to us, see where we stand on on all the different uh, initiatives you're you're putting in place, and um, we look forward to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Thank you both for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we do hope everybody who's listening today has enjoyed today's podcast, and we hope that you'll check back often as we interview other people busy making Columbiana County an even better place in which to live and work. We are open to suggestions uh, regarding guests and segments. If you have any suggestions about a segment you'd like to hear, about somebody in the county you'd like to hear from, please reach us at podcast at columbiana.org.
podcast.podev.org. That that is again that's podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t at Columbiana C-O-D-E-V.org. Thanks again for listening to our conversation. You've been listening to Conversations with Columbiana County.